Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord, saints. One more time for the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, saints. <laughs> Freedom family, can we one more time give a hand praise for our awesome praise and worship team? It's, 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 it's such an honor to be able to serve alongside those guys, and, and I love their hearts, and they love the youth, and they love Jesus. It's, it's so amazing. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Pastor C.J. Lucky. I'm, I have the honor and privilege of serving as the youth pastor as well as the college young adult pastor here. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited to be preaching the word of God to my freedom family. There's nothing like preaching at home in front of your freedom family. Nothing like it, nothing like it. Uh, before I begin, I, I want to just start off. I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the head of my life. My way maker, my provider, my best friend, I cannot do anything without him, and I won't try to do anything without him. Secondly, I, I would like to recognize uh, Pastor and our First Lady. If y'all can stand, can we just give them a hand, praise, <laughs> Pastor and First Lady? These are, come on, Freedom. Come on, Freedom. These are our leaders. Yes, come on, come on, come on. Our leaders. It's such an honor, Pastor and First Lady, to be able to serve under you guys' leadership. I'm very grateful for you guys and everything you've imparted, the wisdom the knowledge that you have shared with my wife and I, and I'm just so grateful uh, for the spiritual growth I've been able to achieve, and as well as growth in other aspects of ministry as well under you guys' leadership, so thank you guys for that. I also want to honor and recognize the pastors on staff, Pastor Cam, who is my mentor, one of my mentors. I'm very grateful for him. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Joe, Pastor Wes, thank all those guys, Elder Sutton. Uh, Elder Sutton, Elder Basil, uh, uh, of course, uh, Prophet Ron Campbell, who's one of our translocal elders as well. Thank you guys so much. Definitely want to recognize the staff. Um, also, I wanted to, if we can just give a hand praise for our youth, uh, the Avail youth. They serve well today. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for serving with excellence. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much. And if we could get the youth leaders in the room, the youth leaders in the room to stand wherever you guys, I know you're in different places. Youth leaders, can you guys stand real quick? Freedom Family, if, they, if we can give them a hand praise as well. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for serving for my brothers and sisters in Christ that are here. Thank you guys for being here today. And also, last but definitely not least, you knew it was coming. You know. You know. Uh, I want to, babe, if you can stand real quick, just stand. I want to recognize my wife and honor my wife on today. You know. <laughs> I have to honor you, babe. I, um, Freedom Family, uh, for those who don't know, my wife and I, uh, we, we are expecting a child, our second child in December. And, uh, and just to let you guys know, uh, the baby is a girl. So I have to. <laughs> Her name will be Har Harper Love, uh, sticking with the fruits of the spirit for the middle name. So y'all pray for me because I'm toast and I'm going to be broke. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, Pastor, I know, I know, I know. I just, it's hard to say no to a little girl, you know, just, you just want to bomb everything. You want to bomb everything. I, I love them, but I'm, I'm so, I'm super excited to be uh, the father of, of two girls. And, and if I could share real quickly just a, a little selfish prayer I have, one of my selfish prayers that I have for my daughters is that Jesus will come back before they get married. So I would have to, <laughs> maybe while he's proposing, Jesus, I'm like, right there, come on, Jesus. <laughs> But, uh, but uh, Freedom Family, uh, it's definitely my honor and privilege to preach this morning. Uh, we're going to uh, turn to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 through 22. We're going to be looking at some, uh, some parallel passages. And the other passage 
And while, you, while you're turning, I have some time to turn. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 through 22. The other passage will be Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. If you got some time to turn there. And then before we dive into the word of God, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Here we go. Everybody bow your heads, please, with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to preach the gospel this morning. Father, I don't take it for granted. I just thank you so much, Father, that it will be your words, not my words, your way, not my way. Your will, not my will, Father, less of CJ and more of you. I just ask that you speak to your people, Father, that hearts will not be hardened this morning, Father, their hearts will be humble, and that this word, Father, that you've given to me, Father, would resonate in the heart of your people. And I just thank you so much that we give you the glory, you the honor, you the praise, and what you truly deserve it all. This in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Freedom Fellowship, family, uh, my sermon title this morning is Committed to Live It. Committed to live it. Now, we all have commitments. We all have commitments, whether to our spouses, to our children, to our jobs. Some of us have commitments to exercise diets, exercise and dieting. Some of us have commitments to other things, extracurricular activities. You know, when I think about commitments, though, th these are things that are important to us, so we make time for it. These are things that we value. These are things that we intentionally make time for that we do. We these are our commitments. And so um, I'm going to talk about commitments this morning and how we have to be committed to live it. You know, I also think about Freedom Family, you know, when, when, when the Lord laid on uh, Noah's heart to build the ark. And I think about, of course, Noah was obedient in building the ark, but I think about how not only did he trust God, he was committed to doing what God told him to do. Just think about if Noah would have took a weekend off or he built a boat, or he built a boat 90 percent. I mean, he, you know, the, the salvation of his family and the catastrophe that happened, he, they wouldn't have been saved if he wasn't committed. But he was committed to see through what God told him to do. So, okay, so Matthew chapter 8, again, we're going to go, go through some parallels, uh, passages, Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 9. Now, Jesus, uh, Jesus and his disciples was making their way to Jerusalem and, uh, right before this time, and, and they were going to go through the Samaritan village. Of course, the Samaritans didn't receive Jesus or his disciples. They knew where he was going. And uh, uh, prior to this passage, uh, 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 <clears throat> the sons of thunder, Jesus' disciples wanted to, you know, uh, pray down fire from heaven on the Samaritan people for not letting them go through. But Jesus said, no, Jesus rebuked them because he knew the manner of their spirit. And, and Jesus said, I did not come to bring disaster or to destroy mankind, but I came to save them. Okay. And Jesus had took another, they took another route uh, to get to where they were going. And so we're going to pick up right there. Okay. Matthew chapter eight, verse 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, Matthew has an account in his account. He has two two guys that they passed. OK, so we're going to move to Luke chapter nine and we're going to we're going to go back and forth here. But you guys stay with me. I promise it's going to all make sense. OK, Luke chapter nine. OK. I, and, I, and I love Luke. Luke was a doctor. He was very detailed. I, I love Luke. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid my family farewell who are at my house. 
But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. So we're going to go back and forth. And I'm going to start with Matthew chapter eight. Now, Jesus is walking and he's with his disciples. And this and Matthew calls this gentleman. He identifies this gentleman as a scribe. Now, uh, Freedom Fellowship Family Saints, a, a scribe uh, back in the Bible days, are educated in the law. They're well-trained in the law. They, they're established people. They have no instability. Uh, they're known. They're basically a pillar in their community. And now, rightfully so, I can understand why this, um, this, uh, this scribe volunteered, volunteered to want to follow Jesus. I will follow you wherever you go. Now, he's ex- the interesting thing about this, though, a scribe who, was, who they, they were trained and educated in the law, they were considered teachers and rabbis, and they took that title seriously. Now, he called Jesus a teacher. You're talking about a scribe who's very, you know, very religious, educated in the law, calling Jesus a teacher. And how I look at that freedom family, it's kind of like a Ph.D. professor who has a Ph.D. degree calling a homeschool teacher doctor. That makes sense? You know, because Jesus didn't have the education that they had, but he seen, he, he called Jesus a teacher. And so he said, I will follow you wherever you go. I will follow you wherever you go. Now, Jesus' response was really, really good because he seen the man's heart. And Jesus said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. So, saints, if you're taking notes, this first note uh, uh, I want to encourage you guys to write down is impulsive decisions. Impulsive decisions. Now, this, this, this scribe, I can understand where he's coming, you know, wanting to follow Jesus. He may have seen, you know, uh, the, the, the lives of the, the followers of Jesus Christ. He may have seen what God was doing in their life and, and may have seen the, the love of Jesus. And I'm like, man, I, I want that peace. I want that hope. I want that joy. I want, I want to follow him. I want to be a part of that. I, I, how can I will follow you wherever you go? That, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. Now, one thing he didn't do was calculate the cost of following Jesus. Jesus said that the foxes have holes and the, bears, the birds of the air have nests. So basically what Jesus was saying, Jesus seeing this, this guy was volunteering, but he's seeing this guy's heart. So basically what he was saying is, hey, you're, you're a scribe, you're a pillar in your community, but following me, it's, it's going to be some, some things you have to sacrifice. There's going to be some instability in following me. There's going to be, so there's going to be times where, you don't, where, where the sky is your, your roof, where your, the, the clothes that you wear are your pillows, where you may have to sleep on a rock. Now, it's not saying Jesus didn't have anywhere to go, but Jesus was constantly on the move. And so this scribe had to take that into account, that he was going to have a lot of instability in his life. You know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of times, especially for us in this, this day and age, that applies to us, saints. When it comes to being committed to Jesus Christ, are we willing to sacrifice that comfort? Are we willing to sacrifice our stability, our security, maybe the money that's in our bank, our economic status, our relationships, our friendships? Or do, do we calculate those costs when it comes to uh, being committed and to follow Jesus Christ? Yeah, it's easy to say, oh, I will follow you anywhere. But are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you're willing to let go of the less important for the more important? Are you sure you're willing to follow Jesus? Are you sure you're willing to be committed to follow Jesus? You know, and, and, I, and I think about impulsive decisions. You know, I always think about us. My, my wife loves Target, saints. She loves Target. And I know it's a lot of ladies in here who might lo- love Target, too. And, and I love going shopping with my wife. I know, fellas, it's, it's easy to kind of sit on, the, sit on the bench and kind of read our magazines and sit in the car and wait. But I love going shopping with my wife and kind of watching her shop because I can tell her, no, we don't need that. You know, so... <laughs> We don't need that. And so it, and, and impulse, though, you, you know, when you go into a place like Target, especially as my wife, with no intentions of what you're going to buy, she'll leave with the whole store and then she'll justify why she bought everything. And so it's, it's, it's very it's very important. We're very important. We, we calculate the cost, you know, because bandwagons, it's, it's nothing new. 
people are so quick to jump on bandwagons because we see something that's really good. We see something that has value. You know, I, I, um, I used to work at a, a gym in, in the state of Kansas when I, when I graduated from college. And, um, and I, was, I was a membership representative, and I was also a trainer. And so being a membership representative, when we had prospective clients that, that would come into the gym, I would have to take them on a tour. Now, taking, whether it was a male or a female, taking them on a tour, y'all, I'm telling you, Freedom Family, I could describe our gym like the back of our hand. I knew exactly where to take them. You, because being a gym membership representative, you made your money off of commission, selling gym memberships. You know, you have to sell the value of joining a gym and, and, and letting them know that, hey, the weights at home aren't, aren't going to work for you. You need to join this gym. I'm trying to make some money here, okay? And so I would take them on, on this tour, take them on a tour, and, and I would, um, you know, show them around everything, dedicate, you know, my tour to their needs. We cater to your needs. And then by the time we get to the end of the tour, I would never give them an option. This is what I would do. I would like, hey, so... Um, I was like, so it would, would it, I'll give them this option, though. I would be like, hey, is it the two- or three-year membership? You know, you don't give them, hey, or would you like to join? No, 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 no. You would be joining. Just which one? You, yeah, two, two, two or three-year. But, but the thing is, I wanted to take advantage of the impulse because they feel good. You know what I mean? The, the impulse, the impulse decision. That, I, that's why I believe, Saints, that they have that, that law now, uh, the cooling-off process. You know, the cooling off process, because when, when, especially when you think about buying anything that's of significance, you may impulse, you want to spend your money, oh, I love it, I love it. But when you have a chance to cool down, you have a chance to think things through, your decision could be slightly different. You know, so it's very important when it comes to uh, impulse decisions that we be very, very cautious. Jesus, had, Jesus said the Son, of Man had, uh, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Do you really want to give up what you, what you have to follow me? But Jesus seen his, seen his heart. Seen the heart of the man, even though he wanted to volunteer, Jesus seen his heart. I will follow you anywhere. So easily, so easy to say, but so incredible, so incredibly difficult to do. To accomplish, it requires sacrificial living, sacrificial living. If you want to commit and dedicate your life fully, totally to Jesus Christ. Saints, just thinking about this, if you if we just think about when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, that's exactly what he's talking about. That's exactly what he's talking about. I will follow you anywhere. Let me park right here for for just a second. Talking about impulse decisions, I want to I talk, to, I want to speak to something really quick that the Lord laid on my heart. You know, nowadays in this generation, we, uh, uh, when, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating, boyfriend and girlfriends, we think cohabitation leads to cali- uh, compatibility. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. Now, especially, I see it a lot in my generation. We, boyfriend and girlfriends, we have that impulse to move in with each other. We love each other. Or we, we're going to get married to each other. Impulse decisions. Commitment. And we have to, and let, let me talk, let me talk to the ladies real quick and I'll talk to the guys. Ladies, the Bible says that he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. That's Proverbs 18 and 22. Now the Bible says he that finds a wife, a wife. When I found Samantha, she was already a wife. She had the qualities of a wife. She carried herself as a wife. Although we had to go through the respectful process of dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, you know, she did not become my wife until we were married. We were married. We did not rush the process. The thing is, and, and we, we cloud and distort our visions when we move too fast in our relationships. We, we feel like, oh, you know, we, we, we're committed to each other. We, we, we can do this and we can do that. No, that, that is not how it's supposed to be. So, so uh, uh, to, to, the, to the ladies in the room, please understand that we have to have standards. And, and the word of God is our standards. Where the first Thessalonians says this, if we can put that up, Miss Lisa, first Thessalonians says this. It says, for, the, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you shall abstain 
from sexual immorality and that each of, each of you should know how to possess his own, his own vessel and sanctification and honor, not in passion and lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Now, to the fellas, let me talk to you guys real quick because boys perpetually date, but men cut covenants. Boys perpetually date, but men cut covenants. We think about, you know, we think about like marriage. Marriage is, marriage is the cure for, for our lust. We're going to get married. It'll cure our lust. Marriage does not. When you, when, on the day that you say, I do, there is no loyalty that's instantly activated. There is no commitment that's instantly activated. When you have a boyfriend that don't make you loyal, when you have a girlfriend that don't make you loyal, when you have a fiance that don't make you loyal, while you're in this phase of your dating relationship, if you're young, if you're single, if you're old and you're single, now is the time to master self-discipline and commitment to Jesus Christ. Now is the time to govern your body, not when you get married. Now is the time to govern your body. Now is the time where you train your mouth to not be flirtatious. Now is the time where you train your feet to avoid the path of seduction. Now is your time where you train your body to bow to the Holy Spirit because you you want God to bless and honor your relationship and you don't want to move too fast. I'm talking to the who, whoever this applies to. And the thing is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always interesting, you know, when, when, when those who are, are, are cohabitating or living together well before it's time and they're not married, you know, they're responding, oh, I know, you know, when, they, when somebody, a brother or sister in Christ calls them out in love, oh, I know. Well, if you knew better, you would do better. Amen. If you knew better, you do. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. We, you know, and, and saints, as, as followers of Jesus Christ and believers, especially our, um, uh, those of us who are experienced and those of us who are married, we cannot, the, the day that we start ignoring our standard is the day that we start lowering it. We cannot ignore this. We need to address this, of course, with love and with humility and with grace, but we need to address this. This is very important if you want to be committed to Jesus Christ. Because as for married people, we know a Jesus' first miracle was performed at a wedding. So if anybody needs a miracle, it's married people, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> that is no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Understand this, saints. As people committed to leading, being right is never as impactful as doing right. Hear this. As people committed to leading, being right is never as impactful as doing right. Even if we are right about issues, how we navigate and communicate that truth is more vital. Doing right. Doing right. We have to understand this, saints, that love is a verb. We think about feelings and things like that. Love, love leaves evidence that it was present. It leaves evidence that it was present. Okay? And, and, and please write this down because this is so powerful. We're talking about commitments here, and we're going we're to continue to move on here shortly. Your commitments will develop you or destroy you, but either way, they will define you. Your commitments will develop you or destroy you, but either way, they will define you. Commitment. Commitment. You cannot be fully commit, committed to something that's not important to you. You just can't. It's no way possible. No way possible. Man, live in a day and age where we do more but committed to less. It's got to change. All right, here we go. All right, so the, the next note, uh, saints, if you're taking notes, is reluctance. 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 And so we're still, still in Matthew. I'm still uh, in, in Matthew, uh, Miss Lisa. Then he, then he said, then he said, now Jesus drafted, pretty much drafted this, this gentleman. Then he said to another, follow me. He said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and preach the kingdom of God. Now I think about this. I'm like, man, Jesus, that's, I'm like, that could be pretty harsh. Jesus, like, you let the dead go bury the dead. You let the dead go bury the dead. We, we, we have business to attend to. Now, it's easy to look at that in the perspective that Jesus, oh, Jesus don't have any, any type of compassion, but that is not the truth. Jesus is very compassionate. 
That's the reason why we have a choice for eternal life. If you look in Luke chapter 7, where Jesus uh, attended the funeral of a, a, a widow from, from Nain that's outside the gates of the city, he and his disciples and Jesus, the Bible said Jesus had compassion on her. He encouraged her not to weep. He touched the coffin, of course, healed her only son and, and restored him. And of course, he fixed that situation. But Jesus is very, very compassionate. But when, I, when Jesus knew this man's heart, he knew this. Let me first go bear my. Now, now when I read this, saints, I, I try I read the Bible within context. And I know context, we, we, you think about reading before, reading after, reading the passages around it. But you try to put yourself in, in, in those, in, in their shoes, their perspective, their culture. Back in the ancient East, it was, um, if, if you're the, the, older, the older son, one of the sons, it was your job, your duty to bury your father attend to the family business and, and there was maybe an inheritance involved in this he's like let me go bury my father let me first go go bury my father and and you know I'll, I'll i'll get back to you but jesus said let the dead bury the dead now it's okay like what is jesus talking about there's so many different ways you can look at this but i, I love it because this is so good jesus is speaking to this man's heart and his lack of commitment lack of commitment and so jesus could be very well talking about the spiritually dead the spiritually dead. You, you let the spiritually dead take care of themselves. For the spiritually alive, let, let's, let's, let's go and conquer the power. Let's go and conquer death. Let's go and, and, and take care of God's business. Let's go and further the kingdom. Okay? This man was very, very reluctant. You know, a lot of us are reluctant nowadays. You know, I talk to a lot of couples, uh, of young people, and I invite them to church. They're like, oh, well, once I get, you know, my house in order, or once I get, you know, my kids out of school, or once I do this, reluctant. They'll give me any type of excuse not to commit. Reluctant. How can you how can we follow Jesus if we choose to be reluctant? I need to stay here and attend to my family responsibilities. We, and, and, and saints understand this. We don't have to be geniuses to understand this reply. He's reluctant to follow, reluctant to get involved, to commit himself. He's better to play it safe, better to play it safe. But 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 Jesus, he said, let me bury my father. And I know that's, that kind of seems odd on the surface, but Jesus shifted the perspective to point out to this young man, you are allowing your waiting for death to crowd out your living for here and now to go and live, to go and live. You're crowding out your waiting for death for here and now, but you need to go and live. Go and live. Commitment, saints. There is a crucial moment for everything. Jesus needed him. Now, understand this. You know, he said, let, let me go and bury my father. And understand that the Bible says this. Jesus says this in Matthew. Jesus says if you love your mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. Commitment. Jesus wanted him to commit right then, right there to follow me. Can't wait. Got to do it. Got to do it. I, I, and understand this dude want to want to go and bury his father. Now, now, you can look at it, saints. Was his father dead? Maybe he was still living. Maybe he was on his last legs. Or maybe, and also understand this, also in the ancient East, when they buried their families, when a family member died, they buried them. They would, they would, they would put them in a family tomb, and they would return a year later, and then they would put the bones where the, fam where, the, where the family bones are. So this could very well be the second burial. So that's why Jesus was saying, let the dead bury the dead. Y'all following? Does this make sense, saints? Okay. All right. Hey, Freedom Family, we family now. Y'all talk to me now. Come on. Talk to me now. I, I see you guys. I see you guys focused and attentive, but talk to me, okay? Make sure you guys, you guys are following. Okay, there's a time in a person. There's a time in a place where uh, a person's whole being has to say, "The time is now." To put things off is a risk. To never do them at all, never do them at all. You know, saints. I ran across you. You talk about, uh, you know, the danger of being reluctant. My wife and I we drive around a lot uh, with Olivia, especially when we're trying to put her to sleep. And 
When you become a parent, especially of a toddler, you'll, you'll figure out what type of formula you need to do to be able to put your baby to sleep, especially when they're struggling with sleeping schedules. And so uh, we would ride around and look at houses, and, and we see a lot of houses for sale in San Angelo. And so I started looking up houses. I just like to look at price inquiries and stuff like that. And so I want you guys to consider some of these. Listen to this. You know when, when they talk about uh, when they basically promote a house or, or, or give – pretty much a good type of descriptions for the house. I really think they mean something else, but check this out. And y'all, I think you guys will agree with me. Okay. A house would say, when, when describing a house, it may say unobstructed view. That may mean no trees. Okay. <laughs> okay, check this out. Listen, listen, listen. Waiting on your imaginative touch. I was like, what does that mean? That's a complete wreck. That's a, <laughs> that's a complete wreck. <laughs> oh, I, lo I love this one. I love, I love and I always chuckle when I see that. A handyman's dream. Y'all know that's an owner's nightmare right there. Y'all know <laughs> uh, a, a pond site, that's a swamp, basically. Central to everything, that's a very noisy area. Very noisy area. I got a few more. Easy commuting, remote from everything. <laughs> and uh, Two more, two more. Charm all on its own, that means you better not lean on that porch rail. That may break. <laughs> hey, and, and, and I always, I love this one because I seen this one just the other day at a, in a house in uh, uh, College Hills. It says it, it said need finish it said needs finishing touches. That means it has no roof. Okay. <laughs> it needs a roof. It needs a roof. You know, we, we, we have creative ways, saints, of saying, let me bury my family. But the only thing that moves us beyond this is total obedience. Total obedience to what Jesus is calling us to do. Obedience always makes sense to God, even when it looks like nonsense to the world. Amen. To completely commit and to completely follow him. Be completely obedient to this reluctant man and our reluctance. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Let those who have no spiritual insight or interest attend to these matters. But you get out of the spiritually dead surrounding and follow me. Let those who have no sense of duty of the kingdom meet the requirements of the law. You join me and now overcome the power of death. So the first volunteer is impulsive. The, the, the second one, he's reluctant. He was drafted. Now a third man enters the picture. And we get toward, get toward the end here, saints. A third man enters the picture. And I, and I love this one. Now, Matthew doesn't mention this third man, but, the, but the, this, uh, Luke's account mentions this third, this third gentleman. Okay? Now, Ms. Lisa, if you can put up Luke uh, chapter 9, we're gonna, probably around first, verse 61. Now, here we go. So, and another said, Lord, I will follow you. Now, in Matthew, he called him a disciple, but this, this gentleman wasn't one of the 12. He was not one of the 12. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having to put his hand on a plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. No one having to put his hand on a plow and having to look back is fit for the kingdom. Now, this is, if you're taking notes, saints, this is the third and the final point, indecisiveness. Indecisiveness. I don't know about y'all, but it's tough being around people who are indecisive. Do y'all agree with that? I, you know, people, and, and I love my brothers in Christ. Y'all, and fellas, y'all may relate to this. If you with, you know, your friends or with the guys and, you know, if you, if you guys are trying to decide on what to eat, why is it so hard for guys to decide where they want to eat? You know what I mean? I, it, it, was, it was Pastor Cam, myself, Nate, and Colin and I, and we sat in the car literally for 10 minutes trying to decide, what are we going to eat? You know, oh, it don't matter, man. Whatever sounds game, whatever, whatever sounds good. Oh, this, no, that don't sound good. I'm like, why are we so indecisive? Why are we so indecisive? I'm like, man, this is terrible. And I see it all the time, myself included, myself included. Now, to go and say goodbye to this man's family, that's, that's logical, saints. So is, you know, so is the, the gentleman before him. 
that uh that that was drafted to to bury his 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 dad. That's that's logical. That shouldn't take too long. And and we have to understand that time element was not the issue. Jesus knew that the issue was this man double mindedness, his his inability to decide one way or another. Indecisive people have a tough time following Christ. In fact, they have a tough time doing anything. They have a tough time doing anything. Okay. Now I also think about this man's indecisiveness. He said, "But first, but first, let me go say let me go say goodbye to my family." But first, you know, we, we, we hear that. Uh, we also hear that when inviting uh, somebody we really love to church or invites uh, one of our relatives or whatever, or our neighbors, we really, you know, but for, you know what? I, I will come. That sounds good. I will come and serve. But first, let me do this. But first, let me do. We make it. Y'all, this is us. This is us right here. Indecisive. But first, let me do. We cannot be indecisive when it comes to following Jesus Christ. When, when, when it comes to commitment, saints, it changes our government. It changes our allegiance. It changes everything to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. So this is very, very important. Very important. So he was indecisive. And Jesus says, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Plows in, in his day, you know, I think about farmers. Think about farmers. Now, I'm a city boy, so, y'all, I'm not, I'm not a veteran farmer. I've done some farm work and things like that. But this is definitely, you know, not my field. I don't mind doing it, but not my field. But I think about a farmer and a plow. Now, if a farmer is, is, is plowing, he has to keep his eyes straight ahead, correct? To, or, or at least on a certain object so that the lines stay straight. But if you think about if you're looking back, it's easy to veer or go the wrong way. That, that makes sense to go, to, you know, I also think about, Rob, you may like this because I know we talk about history a lot. Um, uh, Cortez and, the, and the, the, the conquistadors, when they, when, when they arrived to their destination and they, 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 they docked their boats in the harbor. And uh, what Cortez did, he set fire to every single one of their boats. Why did he do that? Because he wanted his soldiers to focus on the task ahead instead of looking back. That makes sense. Right? That's the same thing Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to focus on the task ahead to be completely and uh, dedicated to what he's calling us to do and to not look back. OK, as, as with the ancient plot, our commitment needs to be single minded, full attention. This is not the time for looking back for what might have been. This is the time to squarely look ahead, forget the excuses to follow and commit to Christ. Saints, this is what God is calling us to do. OK, Jesus stands before us and he said, let's go. Okay, the time is now. You have the green light. The flag is waving. Let's go. You know, I also want to, I want to say this. Let, 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 me, let me tie this in together. If you can go to 1 Kings, Miss Lisa, 1 Kings 19 and 19, we're going to read this real quick. And saints, you can follow the screen if you can't turn there. I love this story because this ties in easily to what, what I'm talking about right now. This is very powerful. So this is, uh, this is Elijah and Elisha. I'm going to really, really quick. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of... Man, I'm going to say Snapchat. I hang around y'all too long. I'm going to say Snapchat. <laughs> shop, shop. I, man, you can tell I hang around teenagers a lot, huh? <laughs> I'm going to say Snapchat. <laughs> son of Snapchat, Elisha. Son of Snapchat. All right. <laughs> All right. Who was, Elisha, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, plowing, saints, plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. He was on the 12th. I always try to find significance in numbers. I have 12 disciples, you know. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he, and then, and he, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. This is Elisha running after Elijah. And said, please let me kiss my mother and my father. Then I will follow you. And he said, and, and said to him, go back again for what I have done for you. Elijah is telling Elisha, look, I put my mantle on you. It's on you now. It's on you. Now, check this. Oh, I, lo I love how Elisha responded. So Elisha turned back from him, 
took a yoke of oxen. Now, this is probably his source of income. This is his source of income. This is his work. This is his job. He took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And he could have sold it. He gave it away. Y'all can have this. I'm going to follow the man of God and do what God is calling me to do. And the people ate and he rose and followed Elijah. That's the same thing with us, saints. God is calling for full, completely, total commitment to follow him. A lot. We cannot have one foot in, one foot out. We cannot do that. We cannot be hot here and cold there, lukewarm, whatever. You have to be completely and totally. You know, the thing is, if, if we take commitment out the Bible, we take out most of the Bible. Commitment. It's very important that we be committed to Jesus Christ. Jesus is not saying that we shouldn't be committed to our families and love our families. He's saying that his love should replace that on top. Now, we have to understand that we have we everyone in here has a heart and there is no couch on your heart, but there is a throne. There is a chair and it's only room for one. And Jesus wants that. He wants that. He does not want to share it with whatever it is you may be placing on the throne of your heart. He wants your undeniable commitment. You know, and saints, we're talking about the one thing I love about Freedom Fellowship, and we're going to say this in closing. And, and uh, I want, one thing I want to say about Youth America, Youth America really teaches our youth to, to serve and build the local church. And uh, Praise and worship team, you can take your place. To serve and build the local church. And it's very important that our youth understands that because they play a big part. So do we. And building the local church. You know, if we were committed to understand this, and you can write this down. Where there, if, if there is no involvement, there is no commitment. You can mark it. You can underline it. You can circle it. If there is no involvement, there is no commitment. That's why people are so quick to leave a church, and it's easy for them. They're not involved. There is no commitment. There is no ties. There is no investment. Pastor preached about investment last week. You know, and Pastor also talked about serving last week when he talked about the worth of Jesus. If Jesus has worth in our eyes, we will be completely committed to him. We will be committed to, this, to, the, to the church as well. Serving and, and taking the initiative to serve. Completely committed. Saints, completely committed. In the economy of the kingdom, understand this, first sets the pattern for the rest. What are you doing with your first? What are you doing with your first love, your first finances? What about the first part of your day? Do you get up and check Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or social media? Or do you get up and, and complain about the day? Or do you get up and thank God for the day? Do you get up and spend time in your word? Do you get up and worship? Do you get up and, and you know what, God, I'm, I, I want to set the tone for my day. This is, this is, this is what commitment looks like. And I know, hey, it's tough. There involves some sacrifices. But if you truly want to follow Jesus, this is what it takes. This is exactly what it takes. And I, and, and I thank God. And, and, and saints, as we get ready for the, uh, the, the altar ministry, our altar ministry team, you can, you can uh, come forward as well. Now, Freedom Family, let me talk to you real quick. I want to encourage everyone to stay. I want to encourage everyone to commit to staying. Because we have an opportunity to worship and put a solidified stamp on this service. Because I believe God is going to do something today. I believe somebody's going to get set free. Somebody's going to get restored. Somebody's going to get delivered. I believe that. I believe there are going to be some commitments that take place today because there's some people that's been kind of maybe faking and shaking. Some of us been faking and shaking or some of us been not completely all in. The Bible says that Emma's King Amaziah, he was a king that did what was right in the Lord's eyes, but he did it half-heartedly half-hearted. His heart wasn't in it. And commitment is very important. We commit. So I want to say this, saints, and, and, and I'm wearing this shirt that says, Die Daily. It's, it's a part of a brotherhood that I'm, I'm, I'm in, and I'm very thankful for these guys. They're producers, musicians, rappers, uh, pastors. 
and on the, on the back of my shirt it says live forever if we want to commit to Christ and truly want to follow Christ the way he's encouraging us and requires us to follow him we have to die daily every day 365 days a year die daily to ourselves and choose Jesus above all else even if it's to the detriment of our careers or our economic status or our relationships or friendships we choose to die daily God what is it that you have for me to do I'm committed full out wholeheartedly I'm in because understand this when you're interested you just do things out of convenience but when you're committed you make no excuses about it none I'm gonna do it this is what I want to do thank you Jesus for this call and I'm gonna go and do it so as we get ready to prepare and pray everybody stand I want to say this before I encourage this next next uh, portion of service with altar ministry. Jesus says something that was very profound. He asked the question, he said, do you want to be made well? That's very profound to me. Because think about this, saints. Just because we know someone needs help or needs healing don't mean that they want it. Think about that. It don't mean that they want it. We know. We know. Oh, this, oh we know. My brother right here, he, he needs healing. He needs help. That don't mean he wants it. And you can't want, you can't, even though you want it for them, they have to want it themselves. And that's what I love about Jesus. He gives us an opportunity. Even though he knows, he knows everything that we're going through, everything we're dealing with, the circumstances that we're in, our struggles, our burdens. He wants us to give it to them, to commit, to give. Commit, give. Give it to him and allow him to take care of it. So, everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. If there is anyone in here under the sound of my voice, my first invitation if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you have not committed to give your life to Jesus, this is your day. Because understand this, this is the best relationship you can ever have. This is your day. So if that is you, and you're not sure where you stand in, in terms of your salvation, in terms of your commitment to Jesus, I just ask you to do one simple act of obedience. I just ask you to step out and come meet with one of these uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Altar ministry to our team members. Everybody heads bow, everybody eyes closed. If that's you, please come forward. Committed to living. My second invitation. If you're struggling with commitment, and you know deep in your heart, you know. If you're struggling with commitment, whether that's commitment to your spouse, to your family, committed, especially committed to Jesus. You're struggling with your walk, and you, you struggle with, with upholding your word, keeping your word, keeping your commitment. And you want to be stronger in that aspect of your faith walk. I just want to encourage you to come forward and get prayer from our awesome, awesome, our awesome altar ministry team. If that's you, if you struggle with commitment. Heads bow, eyes still closed. Beautiful, beautiful. Transparency is the purest form of Christianity. We admit when we're weak so that God can be strong. Today is the day your life changed forever.
as my last and final invitation. If you need prayer for anything else, whether you're depressed, you got a lot of things going on in your life, maybe family struggles, whatever the case may be, if you need prayer for anything, any other prayer requests, I want to encourage you to step out and come get prayer from my altar ministry team. Freedom family, we're gonna pray, and then right after we pray, we're gonna worship and we're gonna put a stamp on this service. We're gonna put a stamp on this service because you know what? We're gonna be a church of commitment, we're gonna be a church that lives out our commitment, that walks in our commitment. We're not just gonna say we're gonna do something and not do it, we're gonna do it. We're going to show not only San Angelo, not only the state of Texas, not only our country, but the world what it looks like to be committed followers of Jesus Christ. Because we have to understand that you very well may be the only example of Jesus in your place of work, in your home, in your community. You may be that only example. So it's very important that we take this seriously, saints. We take this seriously. Committed to live it, to live it. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. Everybody bow your hands, close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for the word that went forward. Father, I thank you for the hearts that was impacted today. Father, help us to be committed to live it, Father, to live what you're calling us to live, Father, your word, Father, to walk in the callings that you have for us, Father. The one thing about our callings, and I love it, when it comes to our callings, we don't have to compete with one another because our callings are different. And we thank you, Father. For your callings. We thank you so much for what you've done in our life, Father. Thank you for the hearts that was impacted, that was changed, for the lives that was changed, for the freedom, for the deliverance, for the people that were set free, for the people that are equipped, Father. Thank you for the fire that has been lit under us, Father, to commit to what you're calling us to do. We thank you that we don't have to leave this place the same way that we came in, Father. We don't just casually come to church and receive a word that make us feel better, Father, because godly wisdom, Father, it's not to make us feel better, but to make us better. It's not what we want to hear. Sometimes it's what we need to hear. And we thank you so much for what you've done in this place. So as we get ready to put this stamp on this service, as we worship, Father, that we will worship you in genuine, as, as, with our genuine hearts and spirit and truth. And we thank you so much for what's already been done and what you're about to do. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand, praise, saints. Let's worship. Let's worship. bow your heads just a second just a second here's the thing you don't want to leave here this morning after hearing the word go forth in power and not do something about it so a lot of people came forward for prayer but a lot of you are standing out there and you know right now Holy Spirit's already told you the thing that is keeping you from your commitment he's already told you what is keeping you from committing fully to the kingdom of God your choice is this. He's not going to force you to do anything, but he's going to make it very clear to you what that, what that thing is. It may be more than one thing that's keeping you from your commitment. And it may be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. 
So Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing to us that thing that would keep us from going all in. That thing that would keep us from laying it all on the line. That thing that we think is so important. But when it comes right down to it, it's not kingdom. It's our flesh. When it comes right down to it, it's not. It's, it's just, just a lack of trust in God. And you keep thinking, if I keep this thing in the front, if I keep this, this thing that's so important to me, if I keep going with it, then things are going to work out. If They will never work out, church, until it's the kingdom. We put our hands to the plow, and we need to go straight. We don't need to look back. So thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you for, Holy Spirit, for revealing to us what we need to set aside so that we might have a renewed commitment to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that we think are so important. You'll take care of those things when we seek you first. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.